0: you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.
1: Hello, everyone. It's that time for the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. And now here's your host, John C. Morley. Can you believe um, that it is Christmas Day?
2: I cannot believe it. You know, and I woke up uh, thinking I was going to wake up to uh, being snowed in or something and and the rain there is outside. But, you know, quite not quite not that, you know, but, um, you know, the stocking stuffers uh, are are quite stuffed, nonetheless, and everyone's joyful.
1: Yeah, I left some cookies out last night and uh, definitely when I got up this morning, uh, they were gone. Lots of crumbs. (laughs) I left him a nice tall glass of milk and a side of hot chocolate. And uh, there's hot chocolate uh, like uh, drips all the floor because I guess he was drinking it as he was uh, getting to the tree area. So I know he was here.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) Santa does love his tech and he loves to visit the tech guys to get that. Get the latest information and updates. So
1: yep, I have to I have to always be good and never naughty because I always want Santa to not forget me.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, uh, we're talking about Google, right? And we're always talking about yep. Google and Facebook and stuff. But guess what, Marcus? Google got hit with yet another lawsuit.
2: This is just you know crazy. And you know, uh and I'm not too too surprised that, you know, a lot of these guys are, are starting to get hit with lawsuits nowadays. You know, uh, we were just talking last week about, you know, uh, some of these other companies that were getting in, in hot water and trying to get themselves out.
1: Yeah, and it, it seems like it's not getting any better. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And now uh, this particular lawsuit is about the fact that Google is like having a monopoly on searches (laughs) 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 they're like a big giant search engine you know
2: (laughs) 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 well uh, we're not too surprised uh, because it's the first thing you see on your phone exactly
1: exactly it's the first thing you see on your phone always saying you know they're just helping everybody but really um they're, they are a monopoly. And, um, you know, Google keeps saying that they so many great things for our country a lot of great things. I'm not going to knock that, but right now they have a monopoly. And for those of you, ladies and gentlemen, that don't know what that is, that's when a particular company pretty much takes a dominance in the market and pretty much doesn't give a chance for anyone else to enter, uh, that market space. Uh, we saw many years ago with, uh, Esso and Exxon uh, and 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 Mobile and how they broke them up and now they're basically back in bed together again. I I don't get that.
2: It's, it's quite impressive, and you know with Facebook, you know they want to break up Facebook. And it, do you think this is going to happen with Google? Where they're going to say, hey, you guys have to, you know, um, you know, get a divorce and 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 where you're located at.
1: I think what's going to happen is, see, Google's got its hands in a lot of cookie jars, all right? I don't know exactly what area is going to be taken away from Google, if it's search or what it's going to be, but I think something's going to happen where they're going to either say, hey, you can't be the only one in search, or if you're going to do search, well, then you also can't be exclusive in this because they're getting to distribute cloud and a lot of other things. So I think because, you know, Google's going through all those enterprise things that they're trying to sell. And uh, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to try to break up. I don't know if it's search or not. Um, Right now, there isn't another that has been able to even touch search because everybody's so fearful of Google for crying out loud.
2: It's a really scary thing when you talk about companies that's almost like tipping the trillion dollar mark. And, you know, these these companies are almost the size of a country um yes and you know that much power you you wonder you know what type of influence they they will have on on what our world can be shaped into
1: it it's gonna be something as we get into 2021 and we start getting into our our new set of years uh this new gonna have a lot in store and i think if the companies are not willing to play ball meaning that you know this this isn't just around, and they're all my toys like they're gonna have to be able to share and if they don't i think they're gonna get hit with some heavy fines
2: yeah uh and these these fines can be very small ones because like they they, they got bukus of money and so you know they look at some of these fines and probably laugh sometimes but, but i
1: gotta tell you something yeah. i gotta tell you something marcus you know, even though these fines seem very small,
2: okay, what's going
1: to happen is these fines are going to start compounding. So let's just say, I'm just going to take a gander here and let's say it was, uh, I don't know, let's say it was $10,000 or let's just say it was a million dollars. Okay. And now they say it's a million dollars for every infraction. Let's just say they had a hundred infractions. Now it's a hundred million dollars.
2: Yeah. Well then, yeah. At that point, then <laughs> <laughs> that's that becomes uh, a a really tough expense to, to, to manage. Especially and, if you can't Google, correct it Google in a uh, fast way. Google is trying enough. to do so yeah. many
1: things now. They're playing with the state, and there's some other things we talked about. But uh, the government doesn't really have clean hands either, Marcus. I mean, you know, when we talk about the uh, antitrust laws, the government has not been playing fair. If anything, they've been in abusing this to helps. So I think not only is uh, private sector going to get hurt, but government's going to get hurt too.
2: Well, let's be honest here you know we we got a we got a government that's like you know dealing with a a a, a debt tr- um you know deficit you know of his own and so yeah. they're you know and they need to you know get bailed out and uh and then there's comp- smaller companies that wants to be bailed out so they got to find a way to you know uh compensate for you know what they're missing so i i, well, I they- think this is this is the way
1: it, like they did with the airplane, they magically gave all that money, instead of giving it to small companies, they gave it to a billion dollar air industry, uh, airplane uh, industry, and they didn't even need the money.
2: No, they didn't. You know? <laughs> so One
1: company, yeah. I forget who it was, and they gave the money back. I thought that was so admirable that they gave the money back, Marcus. I thought that was incredible.
2: That was great integrity on their part. Um, but you know, there's not too many out there that's going to have that same integrity. And um, Google, for one, they, they want to keep playing this game. Um, I think they, you know, they, they love you know expanding um, and trying to you know uh, trying to further expand. Uh, and I, I for one, I, innovation is great, you know. But you mm-hmm. know, when you when, when we have to wear when we have to wear uh, Google everything. You know, from head to head to toe, I think it's a little bit scary.
1: Exactly. And, and I got some more stuff that we're going to cover about that later in the show. But the lawsuit, just in case you're wondering, the primary um, for this is to redesign search in ways that would deprive Americans of helpful information and hurt businesses ability to connect directly with consumers. This is what Adam Cohen, the Google director, is saying. But really, it's just going to limit what Google can provide. I don't think it's going to limit anything to Americans. I think another uh, company that's going to step in and be able to fill that void. Right now, nobody wants to touch it because they don't want to dare get sued by Google. You do one thing the wrong way. And let's face it, Google, you're done. I mean, Google, Fiverr, all these companies – it's the only people I know that you make a mistake and you don't get to talk to anybody, and they get to ban
2: you. Something seems wrong with that picture. What do you think? It is. Uh, it's either they 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 sue you, they ban you, or they try to buy you.
1: Exactly, and and they said that they that they look forward to making that case in court while we're me delivering high quality search experiences for their users. Now, Google had previously said that it. Places, plenty of competition and that people use its products and services because they want to, not because of lack of alternatives. But, hey, let, let, let's call a spade a spade here, right? Because if that was really true, then there would be other companies out there doing it. They just, like, eat up everybody. You know what? This reminds me, if you remember many years ago, this probably had to be when I was in grammar school or not even in school yet, where – there was such a big push on gasoline. We all know there's a push now for electric cars. Okay, that's going to happen. Yeah. And every time electric and solar cars got up there, well, these companies like Exxon and Mobil and other companies, they were buying it out, so it couldn't happen. They were squashing them.
2: Yeah. Oh man, I yeah, I remember that. You know, so and uh, and and you know what happened with them? Uh, they got. Heavily pushed back, and uh, there was a lot of people very angry.
1: It's 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 definitely it's definitely a problem, Marcus. And, and I think uh, everybody claims that it's all about big business and making money. But I think it's more than that. I think it's a, about the fact that we talk about I want to say discrimination, and I don't mean discrimination like race, religion, sexual orientation. I mean discrimination to companies, and that's what's happening right now. Um, Google, okay, is discriminating other companies from coexisting in the marketplace, and that, my friends, is yeah. what we call a monopoly.
2: It is, um, you know, imagine trying to, like, you know, uh, just uh, exist in a big shadow. You know, it's impossible. You know,
1: what hap- What would happen? Let's just suppose that on January first, Google goes away. Okay, Google goes away completely. Now, they still have their their calendars a lot of people use and stuff like that. But Google search the way you and I know it. And there's a new search engine out there. I don't know. I'm just going to make something I'll call Moogle. And now actually starts to explain what they're looking for. And they start to be able to help people so they can rank better. That's going to change the whole platform from everybody. Because I just think there's too many people sleeping with people when it comes to the SEO world. I'll be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a company that does SEO, and I get so many people that give a, a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm like, this isn't legitimate. And anybody that tells you that you're going to be on page one and they promise it, we never promise it. We tell you you're going to increase your rank. But these people that say they're going to promise it, they they stuff keywords. They do all kinds of things. And it's funny, Marcus, all these companies that are very big, don't get slapped in the wrist. The small companies doing something actually get hurt. And I don't know, Marcus, that just seems wrong to me, you know? But I could go on and on about that. So I I won't continue anymore about that. But, you know, uh, speaking about things going on and and different ways of doing things, uh, Your Highness uh, Royalty, uh, Queen Elizabeth, Will be delivering her Christmas Day message via Alexa this year.
2: Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty it's pretty interesting. Uh so it I think it's pretty um pretty delightful to hear the Queen's voice. Yes, know, so.
1: yes, yes. And all you're <laughs> gonna have to say is Alexa, play Queen Queen. Christmas Day message, or play, uh, um, you know, if you want to say the formal name, uh, play Queen Elizabeth's message, and if you just say play Queen's Christmas Day message, uh, you're soon going to be hearing the traditional message that she gives uh, in the UK, and it starts at uh, the 25th at 3 p.m. GMT time, which is 10 a.m. Eastern time, or 7 a.m. Pacific time, for those of you on the Pacific coast. Uh, The phrase will deliver the Queen's traditional Christmas Day broadcast, according to The Guardian. Uh, it doesn't change very much. Maybe the year changes. And if you happen to be just a little curious about what the Queen's message might contain, well, you could check out the transcripts of all her previous Christmas broadcasts going back to 1952 at the wow. Royal Household's website. You can Google that, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no doubt,
1: this is going to be an interesting thing. And I, I think it's something that, you know, uh, I have a lot of respect for Queen Elizabeth. and. I think it's great that she is embracing technology and, um, uh, you know, having another way to get out there and uh, making it easier because there have been even lockdowns in London than we've had in the United States.
2: Yeah, it's been very tough out, out there. And um, I think they're they're pretty accustomed to. Uh, her, you know, um, making it very public. And, and, you know, this is a, be, a very convenient way uh, for them to receive the message. And, and just to have that huge archive uh, to go back and, you know, hear hear all of them, that's that's amazing, incredible, uh, the, the technology now.
1: Now, I got to tell you something. So Queen Elizabeth has always been up on her time. Uh, she's She's never been behind. In 2012, she actually started rolling out her Christmas speech on the Kindle. And it's been doing that since. Nice. So you know, that, that's really uh, important. I, I, I think this is amazing. And, and my to you, queen Elizabeth and I bow and I have to tell you, uh, this is remarkable. Uh, you're taking the time to do this and to reach out to people. Uh, I think, um, you know, the way you do things and the way you handle the monarchy, I, I think it's amazing. And just the fact that you're taking your time uh, to put this out there and just to make sure that, that your residents and people around the world feel uh, comfortable. I, I think that is just uh, more than a kudos to you, uh, Queen.
2: Yeah, it's just some added comfort, as, as you said, John, you know, on, especially around these times of year.
1: And and I think, you know, everyone needs just a little bit something, you know what I'm saying? They, they all need just a little bit yeah. something. And I feel that, even though it may not be a lot to some people, I think it's great. And, you know, uh, with a lot of things happening, uh, Marcus, you know, sometimes people are having challenges. There's a lot of people, as you know, out of work, unfortunately, like the pandemic, uh, either because their companies have closed
3: Uh,
1: um, because people have gotten uh, sick Uh And um, it's been a challenge. Uh, one particular gentleman, uh, who actually is, uh, will be a guest next with us, uh, quite amazing gentleman. He actually um, started this right around the pandemic period. And he has a website called The Guy Who Knows a Guy. And the reason that I'm uh, bringing him on the show today is he has a gift for all of us on Christmas Day that is to help those uh that want to learn how to make extra money in their spare time using technology without having to be any bit of a computer or technical guru Isn't that amazing
2: that is amazing
1: so uh, he helps great people um find the best versions of themselves and if uh, they don't realize themselves then they have to understand they are great. And this goes back to something you remember I said a long time ago uh, when I said to you that uh, sometimes, Marcus, when things don't work out well, the best thing you can do is accept that with gratitude. And I'm sure we've all had challenges or times in our life when something maybe didn't go the way we wanted it to. Uh, I remember from my very first job and saying to the people uh, when I left, thank you, and they said, John, why are you saying thank you? I'm saying thank you to you for helping me become a better version of myself and for helping you become a better version of yourself and allowing me to move on and explore that. And they thought I was on drugs. (laughs) But when you approach life, Marcus, with gratitude, it's like the windows seem to open up. When the doors close, windows open. They may not open right away, and they may not open full way, but a little bit of air starts to come in. And if you could just be grateful for that little bit that you have, no matter how large or how small, I think we're going to start to see, Marcus, that those things start to grow. And um, I'm really excited to interview uh, Mr. Michael Whitehouse, who, again, is a motivational speaker. He's a coach. Um, He is an author. And um, he always asks, you know, what is your greatness? And he has a website called A Guy Who Knows a Guy. Uh, please help me welcome to the J Moore Tech Talk Show, Michael Whitehouse. Well, hello there, uh, Michael. Thank you very much for joining us on the J Moore Tech Talk Show. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. It is my pleasure. Uh, you know, you bring a lot to the stage, especially when it comes to people trying to make money and I guess serial entrepreneurs that, I guess, want to find ways that they can do things legally, Right. That actually uh, puts money in their pocket. They do have to pay Uncle Sam, unfortunately. A lot of it is tax deductible. But you can uh, do things, I guess, if you're
4: willing to work, right? Is that correct? You do have to be willing to work, yes. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's no easy money out there. It's not, it's not a quick get rich scheme, guys. Uh, so, um,
1: you know, how do you actually make money um, w- at home from
4: basic technology? Could you share a little bit about that maybe? Sure. Uh, the first thing is to realize that you can do it. You know, with modern technology is a the economy is changing, a lot of jobs are going away. That makes it tougher. But there's also so many opportunities out there that you don't even realize to work from home. And you hear work from home scheme and you're like work from home, because you, you see that on uh, on on ads and whatnot, and some are legitimate and some aren't. You have to be careful. You have to make sure that it makes sense. If it sounds too good to be true, it is, but there's so much that's going on and so many opportunities for different things and different streams of income. You hear about multiple streams of income. That simply means your money comes from different places as opposed to having one job. And that can be you know, getting fancy and doing real estate and coaching and consulting, or it could simply be uh, the different gig services. There's people who are making their money doing copywriting, which basically means writing blogs and, and uh, articles and writing Facebook updates and that kind of stuff. There's the driving gigs, which is everything from Uber and Lyft to Roadie, which is kind of like Uber for packages. Uh, there's Grubhub and, and all those where you deliver. Uh, and a lot of these things can pay $15 to $25 an hour. Now the car ones, of course, you're paying for your own gas, but even when you, when you net out the, the fuel expenses and whatnot, you can still be at $18, $20, $22 an hour doing those kinds of things. And I like to diversify. I do you know, coaching, but I also, I picked up a gig. I'm delivering uh, packages for Lowe's. Uh, I, I joke that I'm Santa Claus. I got a white beard, I'm jolly, and I bring Christmas presents to people. And I, I love it because I can listen to podcasts and audiobooks and I'm making 20, 25 bucks an hour. So there's a lot of opportunities out there now and we're really getting to a very diversified place where it's no longer work happens in an office, work happens in a factory. Work can happen everywhere because companies are realizing it's cheaper to pay you 25 bucks an hour to do it in your house or in your car than it is to pay you 12 bucks an hour to do it in their office. Cause yeah, you're paying for your own heat. You're paying for your own electricity, you're paying for your own whatnot. Um, but you are probably already going to heat your house. You are probably already going to have electricity. You probably already have a computer. Uh, and, and you mentioned a uh, tax deductible. That's a huge thing, especially for the driving gigs where the IRS deduct, let's deduct 58 cents a mile. So uh, when I drove Uber, I found that I could deduct often as much as I made, so on paper it looks like oh I'm not making any money but I'm making money, uh, and because a car does, the you know, Honda Civic does not cost fifty eight dollars fifty eight cents a mile to operate. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities there in technology. You just have to look for them, and believe they're there, and you can find them. So I guess uh, the first thing is is you have to
1: basically uh, take action. Uh, it's not going to happen by just waving a magic wand. Um, although I'm I'm all into prayer and I'm very much into my religion. <laughs> You can't just pray about it happening. You have to take some steps and actually do what it needs. So you have to take that conscious effort uh, Mm -hmm. to turn it into action. And, uh, you know, you mentioned about all these different things, and and they're very interesting. But, you know, let's say someone that uh, is maybe not technology um, uh, adverse or maybe someone that has technology background. Uh, it doesn't really matter, uh, from what I'm understanding. But you know, how does someone get started in this? Because you know, there is so much out there. Yes, you could go drive for Uber and Lyft and all these companies. But uh, there's a lot you could do. I understand, right in your own home, right, without even having to get in the car. And when it's snowing or maybe it's <laughs> raining, um, and you're with your significant other, you can basically just start cha-chinging some money in um, just from sitting in front of your
4: laptop, right? definitely yeah and 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 some of it's some of these aren't things you can do you know while watching tv they take some mental effort although some are uh for example there are uh real estate investors and what they look for is de- uh, distressed houses so in other words a house where the grass has grown up and and the roof is caving in and the owner clearly just wants to get rid of that house and the real estate investor is going to buy that house put some money into it and sell that's its home flipping well, they need to find that house and they're willing to pay pretty decent finders fees for people to go find them. But here's the cool thing with modern technology. You don't have to drive around to find these houses. You can go on Google Street View and drive around from your couch while you're watching Netflix and virtually drive through neighborhoods and they will give and, and the investors I talked to are talking about commissions in the range of like $5,000 if you find one that turns into a deal. But they do all the deal. You say I found one; it's at 67 Main Street in Elmville, and you email it to them, and they look into it. So that's it, and then you just go back to clicking around on Street View. So there's things like that. There's other things that are a little more skilled, uh, like I mentioned, copywriting. Um, every small business needs to have a social media presence, and most business owners have better things to do with their time than write their posts. You know, it's it's something. It's not highly skilled work necessarily. Once you understand sort of the the brand, the voice of the brand, what they're trying to say, but it's simply a matter of somebody needs to say it over and over and over again. Cause you know, on Facebook, you gotta be on there once a day, twice a day in order to get the the volume. And then you have to respond. You've got to comment back and say, Hey, thanks, great idea. Oh, thanks for participating. Yeah, you know, so thanks for being a customer. Well, the owner is too busy owning the business. So they will often happily pay someone a few hundred dollars a month, or sometimes a few thousand dollars a month, depending on how involved you are, to do their social media for them. Uh, and and I'm, ta- I'm not talking about advertising strategies and SEO and, and the high-end stuff that requires a lot of training. I just mean writing posts and engaging with with people who respond from the company account. Uh, there's a lot of things like that where there's that kind of work to be done, or just you know virtual assistant. That's a very broad category of virtual assistant. But it's where you help. You're helping them with with something. It could be the the paperwork. It could be filling out the forms. Uh, you know, with with uh, say that that delivery company I'm working with. The the boss has to go in every week and like tally up everyone every delivery that was made and how much everyone's owed and and reconcile different reports and whatnot. And frankly, he's got better things to do with his time. So he should pay someone else to do that. And so it depends on what you're good at. You know, do you like do you like reconciling forms and doing those nitty gritty things? Do you like writing? Do you like engaging with people? Do you like uh, hunting around? Do you like driving around? There's something out there for everyone. And the first thing is simply believing. I know it's out there. I'm going to find it, and then start looking for it, and then you can find it.
1: So I guess you can be a virtual assistant. You could answer phones. I mean, there's lots of things that you can do. I mean, everyone has skills, but like you said, you don't have to have a specific skill mm-hmm. to be able to make uh, some type of, I guess, extra money. Now, this is not going to be uh, the money that helps them uh, buy their house and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it's going to be extra money. that
4: It could be. Some of these could be 20, 25 bucks
1: an hour. Okay. And more. Yeah. But again, now the people that do this, how much time does it generally take somebody to actually find a position? I mean, because obviously there's there's lots out there. Is there any questions that we should be asking people? Because suppose they've never done this before. And uh, maybe from the employer side, because if they're listening to uh, tonight, How do they pick the right person? Because obviously we got people that are going for gigs and we got companies that are hiring gig workers, especially because of the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. uh, talk to that a little bit about how does the company find the right person and how does the gig worker find the right employer or opportunity? Because how do they know what's a good opportunity versus – we talked about ones that aren't scams. But obviously let's assume they're legitimate. How do we make sure this is something that not only are they qualified for – but they're going to be able to handle. I know one thing I always hear is that you got to have like a dedicated office space, which we obviously have as certain entrepreneurs, but a lot of people don't realize what that means to have like a dedicated room or a dedicated spot in your home where you
4: can actually do these things and not be interrupted, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about that, Michael. Um, Yeah, so that's a few questions there. The first is make sure it's legitimate. And that that is something I want to mention is – is, you know, firstly, you know, use, use the sniff test. If it doesn't smell right, walk away. There's plenty more gigs. If it sounds too good to be true, if it's make $10,000 in a week, uh, walk away. That's probably not not a good thing. You know, do the numbers make sense? Um, does it make sense what they're paying for what you're doing? And um I'd, I'd simply I'd also ask yourself, if everyone saw this ad, would they need more people? So some things like this sounds way too good to be true. How are they still looking for people for this? That's crazy. So always kind of give it the sniff test, see if it makes sense. Ask some questions, you know, where are you finding people? Uh, where's this money coming from? Who are you doing this for? Think, things like that. Uh, in terms of finding the right gigs and finding the right people to sign the gigs to and how to do that, if nothing else, trial and error, uh, especially with virtual assistants. A lot of these things, it's very personal. You're not hiring a company. You're not hiring a process. You're hiring a person. So what often happens is a business owner will say, I need someone to, to do data entry for me. Um, you know, we get these things in, we need them entered into this form and you bring someone on board to do that. Turns out they're okay at that, but then you discover they're really good at Facebook updates. And you say, you know, you're an awful data entry person, but you could do my Facebook, Facebook updates for me. That would be great. So kind of be flexible, have an open mind. A lot of what we're seeing now is getting away from this very strict sort of like, this is your job description. You work these hours for this much money in this place. You get that, you know, the more flexible you can be, the more effective you're going to be. People who were thinking flexibly in March and the co- and the pandemic came just kind of pivoted around. They're like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to drive Uber anymore. I'm going to drive Uber Eats now. Uh, I guess I'm not going to work for this company. I'm going to work for this company. They were ready to just pivot to the next thing because they're always... Flowing and pivoting, it's the companies that were rigid. This is what we do. This is where business happens. This Is how we do it. They were in trouble because they needed to readapt everything. So 2020 is forcing us to become flexible and you know hire quickly, fire quickly. Um, and, and then in terms of the space, it, again, just use your common sense. What do you need to do the job? And not every gig is going to work out. You're not getting a job. You're getting a gig, and you might have five of them at a time. So. You know, try things and, and don't be afraid to experiment and see what works. And this is all happening because of the pandemic. I mean, before the
1: pandemic, was the gig worker economy still here or was it just a lot of maybe non-existent or was it just kind of just touching the surface? What was it
4: like before the pandemic? Because we really didn't talk about that too much. Uh, well, I'm not an expert on what it was like before the pandemic because I okay. wasn't in it before the pandemic. Okay, um, It was certainly still around. I mean, you know, Uber's okay. and actually I, I can't say I wasn't because I was. I was driving Uber for 15 hours a week and using it in that way to supplement building my main business. Um, But no, it's the internet that brought it around. It's the pandemic that forced people who never would have thought of it to look at it. But there's loads of people out there who are saying, thank God for 2020 because I was stuck in a miserable job. I hated it. I was living paycheck to paycheck. 2020 forced me to reevaluate everything, forced me to try new things. And I'm now making more money on my own time doing things I like better. I mean, you know, I, as I said I've got a gig where I'm making about twenty-three bucks an hour listening to listening to podcasts and audiobooks. Um, okay. And I need to put put boxes on doorsteps. Uh, that's the actual work. But in my mind, I'm getting paid twenty-three bucks an hour to listen to audiobooks. It's not
1: not 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 bad at all. So the, yeah. the question I have is: I mean, this all sounds great, and I'm sure there's a lot of our uh, viewers out there that would love to take advantage of this. I don't want to call it easy money, but uh, let's call it a fun way to make money and and put a little bit of extra uh, in your pocket for stocking stuffers or Hanukkah gifts or or what Mm -hmm. have you or birthday presents or maybe help. Uh, to maybe upgrade your car to get something a little bit nicer so that you can uh, put money toward that or maybe take your payment down a little bit because you're actually... Uh, you-,
0: you don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. With the Lucky
4: Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: is that maybe some people that unfortunately maybe got in debt and maybe they want to find a structured way to, to get that, mm-hmm. that knocked down. What I always tell people is that if you have a debt, uh, don't put it off, find a way to knock it down. Because what you're going to find is that as you knock down the debt, you're like, Oh my gosh, this freedom is here. And now my credit has gone up. <laughs> so It's like a double-edged positive sword. Yeah. But my question to you, Michael, I mean, this sounds so absolutely amazing why aren't more
4: people doing this uh mindset is the main thing you have to believe it's possible if you don't believe something's there you're not going to look for it and we're told all our lives growing up grow up get a go to school get a good job and you'll be taken care of and there's almost this middle class mentality of well if you don't have a good job or you haven't done well you might need extra jobs you know this is the idea of like you know moonlighting that the term moonlighting has this associated connotation of you're not doing well enough, so you need to do extra, kind of like you have to do extra work at school. You, you failed the test, but you can do some extra work. And, and, and it almost seems like a working class thing. You're like, oh, it's, it's de classe. You don't want to be that kind of person who has to work a lot of jobs. But that, a lot of that comes from this time, this very brief period of American history, from about 1950 to 1975, when you could go and get a job, and work 35 years, get the gold watch, retire the pension. One generation, and not even a whole generation, got to enjoy that. People before that didn't enjoy that to most, for the most part. People after that haven't had it. One generation lived that, but that became the American ideal of that's what a job should be like. And it's not like that. And for most of history, people didn't do just one thing you know, other than you know, other than say the nobles, which again, that's another thing. We, we get that into our culture from nobility in Europe who didn't work at all. And that was considered very, very honorable and high class. But in reality, in America in the 21st century, work can be something you build yourself. And here's the positive side of it. We see work as, well, you got to go to work. You got to get a job. Of course, you're not going to like it. That's why they call it work. Well, that's crazy. There's all, there's, we all like things. Now, of course, we like TV, we like playing video games, we like eating cake. But there's other things we like, like I like listening to audiobooks and driving. Well, can I find a job where I get paid listening to audiobooks and driving? And so that's kind of my relaxing job away from my thinky job where I'm, you know, coaching and writing, creating content and working my brain. This is my, relax my brain and keep making money while I'm doing that. So, you know, what do you like? Do you like exercising? Do you like reading? Do you like writing? Do you like picking things up and putting them down? Someone's probably willing to pay you to do something like that. And if you're not working for someone else on their schedule in their office, then you can do it your way, your style, in a way that gets the job done, gets the the work done for them, makes you the money, and then everyone's much happier. That's that's why it's like, how can this be possible? Because there's another way to work. You mentioned
1: something very important, Michael, uh, which is uh, believe. And I'm going to take that out of context for a second. Uh, For many years, uh, Macy's uh, parade is always – Uh, to believe that's actually their, their slogan, Mm -hmm. but even more than that, I'm not sure if you remember, uh, well, Claude, uh, M, uh, Bristol in the magic of believing Mm -hmm. and it wasn't to, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, uh, actually that had talked about him that I even knew who this person was. And I still remember to this day, he was getting on a ship and he wanted to sit at the captain's table. And um, he was just a passenger at that time. And he just kept believing he's going to sit at the captain's table, sit at the, sit at the captain's table, kept believing, he kept believing, didn't tell anybody. And uh, the night came and they were very busy and they only had one more table left to put him at. And uh, they went to see him, and, he actually was sitting at the captain's table. <laughs> so um, I think belief has a lot to it because I think the belief actually, I believe our, our universe is, you know, it's conscious. We're always connected to everything. And that um, our thoughts are always constantly, um, you know, milling. And I believe mm-hmm. that, you know, we create everything twice in reality. So once in the mind and once in the world. Mm-hmm. First, everything that you ever had had to become a thought first. But I think belief is hard for some people. And and what I tell people is that if you are thinking about being an entrepreneur or serial entrepreneur, if you are a clock puncher or somebody that has to know that your day ends at five or know that it starts at nine every morning and knows that there's a guarantee every day, don't become an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. because you are not going to have the creativity needed um that is going to be able to expand that you go work for someone yes there's some trade-offs but you're going to have your stability but you're also not going to have growth either yes you might get a raise but -hmm. you're not going to have that creativity and some people I don't think uh want that uh or it's say not want that I talked to a a developer the other day about the lonely road of of being a developer and we said you make a lot of sacrifices being a developer uh, whether it's family etc but if you don't take the discipline yourself Then, you know, that job that you may be in, like you said, that you're taking this job outside of work. And a lot of times it's not something extra, but I say it's something that actually is going to help you uh, decide what you want to be. I know my very first job uh, besides my my parents business was working for the government. And I realized that I was underappreciated. Mm -hmm. I quickly realized that I knew at the beginning that I wasn't going to do this forever, but I wanted to just do it and see what it was like. And then one of the happiest days of my life was when I went there and I said, thank you. And they said, what do you mean? Thank you. I said, I want to thank you. Thank you for what? I want to thank you um, because today's the last day I'm going to be here (laughs) for helping me become a better version of myself and for helping you become a better version of yourself. I think that's why we're all here. here to become better. And when I said that the person was like, they're not angry. I said, no, I'm not angry. I said, I'm just happy. I'm happy I learned that I can move on and that I can do so much more in my life and that I'm so talented. And I never realized how talented I was. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes when you get to do these things and you're getting money from somebody else, you're like, well, wait a minute. I could do this for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And it caused, I guess, that whole other kind of uh, a pivot. So we've given a lot of information here uh, tonight. But, you know, so, you know, we said, obviously, it's belief. That's probably the main reason people aren't doing it. Probably another reason is fear. Mm-hmm. Fall sevens appearing real. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so so. how much time does one really have to put into this or does it vary on what they're going to do?
4: Yeah, it, it totally varies what you're going to do. You know, if you're picking up gigs, it's not going to take that much time at all. Uh, if you're trying to really build a business, that's going to take potentially a lot of time. Uh, so, you know, for example, the the delivering those packages, I found that, I went on Craigslist, spent 30 minutes, went through the gig section. And now when you go on a place like Craigslist, Ninety percent of it is garbage. Uh, sometimes it's the same posting, you know, every day that they posted, and it's junk. Sometimes they're obviously scams. Um, sometimes they're just things that don't match. Um, like I'm not a female dancer for a party. I don't think anyone's going to hire me for that gig. Um, and uh, yeah, you're th- you're welcome for that image in your head. But uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, so, so you go through it, and I found one good gig in the whole uh, sorry two good gigs in that that whole thing. But it took me twenty minutes to look through it. Uh, so look through different places. Uh, you know, if you're really building a business, if you want to be a copywriter, you want to be a web designer, you want to, you know, really build something. Now that's gonna be that's building a business. That's gonna take weeks, months, years, strategy, the whole thing. Um, but just the the gig sometimes is as quick as downloading an app and um, and going. You know, Roadie, which is actually kind of similar to what I'm doing with the packages. It says mm-hmm. Uber packages. You deliver for uh, Best Buy and Home Depot and places like that. It pays. I haven't done it too much, um, but it seems to pay. It's like ten to twenty dollars per package, which means it probably breaks down to about twenty bucks an hour, maybe a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's download the app, put in your information, start driving. So some of these very things similar, just-
1: very similar to Lyft and and to uh, and to Uber, very similar to the way uh, the way they work. And yep. because okay. you're ten ninety nine, uh, you can deduct all those expenses uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the year, which is a nice which is a nice perk. So whether that's your cell phone. Whether well, that's mm-hmm. your car, ladies and gentlemen, it uh, doesn't matter what car you have and you're using it for business, you can actually um, deduct that car. car. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can you, you can do that. Uh, so that's uh, important. But I think the thing a lot of people don't realize is that you know when they're going to start a business, they go all in, but they don't know if they have what they need to do that business. Mm-hmm. So I think gigs are great because it gives you a chance to almost sample or test out Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, you know, you don't marry the person on the first date. Well, I hope you don't. Um, <laughs> you, 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 you basically, you sample that. And mm-hmm. and I, I remember on on one and, you know, I was like, gee, I don't want to tell the person no, but I say you know what? I need to do this because if I don't do this, I'm disrespecting myself. Pick up the phone, didn't even go on the date. I said, you know, I want to thank you very much. You're a great person. Um, I'm not feeling it. I don't think we're going to be a match, and I know you don't want me to waste your time. I definitely don't want to waste my time, so um, I don't think we should have coffee. Person wasn't around. I left it on voice, with so a call back, and they said, "Jay John, um, you know, uh, thank you for being honest. I wish you all the best. So I think sometimes we have to go that extra mile, but sometimes we have to take that risk sometimes, because if we don't take the risk, we're never going to know – um, what it is that we might have regretted before. you know. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important. So as the holidays are coming up uh, with a lot going on and people wanting to make money, are there any specific uh, gigs that you can recommend to people that they probably should get involved to make some quick money around the
4: holidays that might be legitimate? Uh, by the time this airs, I don't know if this will will still be a thing, but I know uh, UPS actually has a program where they're having – individuals in their cars uh taking packages the last mile uh, and i believe it's i want to say it's 21 an hour i think they pay for gas i didn't look too closely into it because i'm already doing something similar um but but it's something like that so check out i think you just go to ups.com for that um there's all kinds of package delivery and here's the crazy thing because everything's so backed up COVID is reducing production and interfering and, and everyone's buying stuff online they expect the christmas Shipping rush to continue through the end of January, so uh, it's it's something that's going to really keep going, and you know probably other other opportunities along the line. I think um, Amazon is something called Amazon Flex in select cities, which is again the same kind of thing, using your own car to transport uh, transport packages. So that's again an easy easy gig to do, um, and yeah, th- those those are ones that jump to mind. And obviously, you know, Uber and Lyft are a little bit dicey right now because you don't know who's getting your car and, and pandemic concerns, but that's a great thing with the package stuff is you don't have to put a mask on a package. Um, so no, you, you just have, you just have to wrap it maybe put a bow on it Yeah, <laughs> and be careful that you don't, that you don't break
1: it. But so I think, mm-hmm. I think it's really important that, you know, people obviously, I guess maybe make a journal and see, you know, what are some of their skills and mm-hmm. they could go out there and see, you know, what am I a good fit for maybe doing what do they call it? The little, uh. Uh, back and forth to
4: you know see the left and the right column is is it the right is it the right thing the pros and cons uh, yep and, and also if beyond that list, use social media. you know you can put out and say, hey I'm looking for gigs uh, writing. does anyone you know you know I'm a decent writer, you've seen some of the stuff I've written? Does anyone need a writer? And it could be anything from writing your Christmas letter to writing um, you know answering your emails to you know who knows there's so many things with writing once you put it out I have a skill. Who needs it? And that just opens up all kinds of possibilities. Then someone might be like, I don't need your writing, but I know you're also a good painter. Could you paint something for me? You know, once you tell people I'm in the market to be hired, come, you know, I've got some skills. Who wants some? And you'll be amazed at people pop out of the woodwork you haven't talked to in 10 years. They'll be like, you know what? I I could hire you for something. The one thing
1: I just, I only think I caution people on on that, I think it's great that people want to get out and get hired. The only thing I caution people is that if you have a skill, especially if it is a skill, that's a very good skill, uh, not to undercut uh, what you're worth. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see lots of companies out there. I'm not going to mention the name of the sites that start for under $6. You probably know the site I mean. And, you know, they start with this price. And then if you go here or you go here, it really goes way up. Mm -hmm. So I think what you have to realize is that are you giving a market a competitive price and are you doing something that is unique in the industry. And if you are, well, you can charge a little bit more money for mm-hmm. it because people are willing to pay for something that is going to save them you know, time
4: and money. Yep. And, and also sometimes the money is to made in the the small increments. So um, for example, part of the reason why the, the package is so lucrative is that each individual one pays a decent amount. So sometimes you could make $20 in 15 minutes, which imputes... an hour. Now you might not have four 15 minute gigs, but you could get, and you should also a a rule of thumb that I use is you should always value your time at bare minimum, $15 an hour and really should be higher. Should be, if it's any kind of skilled work, 30 to 50 and up. Um, And we think of it that way, then you realize, okay, this is going to take me half an hour. I'm going to charge 25 bucks for it. Cause you're basing it on a fairly modest $50 an hour. Cause you know, think about any professional you hire mechanics, 70 to $120 an hour. Uh, you know, plumbers, 100 to 150. Lawyers are 100 to 300. And I up. think the challenge comes
1: when someone's starting out and mm-hmm. they don't have a, a skill that is, uh, let's say, accredited by a university or a school. The challenge always becomes how do you market yourself? Because, you know, I'm not accredited. I don't have a skill. So I think a lot of times people need to get references. So what I tell people is sometimes it's hard to get those people that are going to give them to you. You know, use your family. Use relatives. Mm-hmm uh, you know, and say, look, I'm going to give you this, uh, give you a great deal. Would you do me a favor? Would you write me a referral? They may not know that yep. that's your, your family. Don't use somebody from your immediate family. Mm-hmm. And or, I think when you get or create that.
4: Samples. What's that? Or create samples. If it's writing, you know, yep. if you want to be a copywriter, you better have a blog. If you want to be a voice actor, you really should have a podcast. You can say, you want to hear what I sound like? Here's my podcast. You want to see my writing? Here's my blog. And if people could take those steps, what I always tell
1: people is that, and you mentioned this before, I don't ever think I work a day in my life, Michael. (laughs) I mean, there are challenging times, I'm sure. Do
0: you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.
3: You can admit we all
1: have challenges, but, you know, mm-hmm. every day, whether I'm at the office or home, wherever I am, um, I don't consider it work. I consider myself playing and then I, I just send out bills for my playtime.
4: Uh, but I mean, forget, I, was, I was driving Uber one day and and I, I picked someone up on a Sunday and picked them up from work. And she's like, oh, man, I'm so I'm so done. You know, working on Sunday's tough. And the thought that went through my head as I'm driving Uber, getting paid was sure. Glad I don't have to work on Sundays. That would suck. Didn't like it was only later I said, wait a minute, I'm working right now. It didn't feel it felt so unlike work that that I felt bad for this poor person who had to work on Sunday while I was driving her somewhere on Sunday because it I forgot I was working. I think I
1: think that's the point, Michael, is that when you are doing something and you're having a good time at mm-hmm. it, the time seems to go by. Um, I remember a very long time ago, it was a very tiny job when I was doing uh, a part-time job doing Christmas trees, And, you know, I was like, oh, this is going to take forever. But, you know, when I started getting into it after a couple of days, I'm like, wow, this went so fast. I mean, you worked and you did stuff, but it went so quickly. And I'm like, oh, it's time to clean up. Really? I just got here. Well, no, it's 10 o'clock. It's like, so I think when you get uh, involved in something, the time does seem to go uh, faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you enjoy it. And you're like, Oh, gee, there was there was a, a benefit. Um, but sometimes I tell people, it's not always about the financial benefit, you know, money will come in any industry you're in. It's really, are you getting some other benefit, maybe you're getting some knowledge. And by me working for that government agency, yeah, I got a couple dollars, but it was nowhere near what I'm worth. At that time, it was easy lot of what I wasn't worth, then close, uh, I did learn that I needed to get out of there. I think that was the greatest lesson uh, that I learned because, you know, if I stayed there and had been unhappy there, I even though I was starting my company, I probably might have not continued the company and continued to 30 years and starting another company and now having a, a show and stuff like that. Because I guess it's, it's a matter of, like you said, other people. Don't really support your idea. And, 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 I, and, I, and I want to share this last comment with you is that when everyone out there, and I say this a lot, tells you um, that you're doing a great job, that's fine. But if you get a few people and they're challenging you, that's what you want. See, if you don't get that, then you're not bringing your A game. You don't need everybody to like you. And if you want everybody to like you, well, then go on Sesame Street or go on some other show. But th- this is not what we're about. We're in business to make money, we're in business to learn. And if that's the world we're in, we have to understand that we got to bring our A-game. And I told somebody the other day, um, they said, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm bringing my A-game. Well, what does that mean? I said, "What well, means I'm going to be competitive. Well, why would you do that? Well, because it's just business. And <laughs> I think sometimes, oh, I don't know if I want to do that because he's not going to like me, she's not going to like me. I don't care. My motto is you can like me or not, I'm going to do what is right and understand that sometimes not everybody is going to like you. And I have lots of people that like me. But what I'm trying to say is, is that sometimes you can't get suckered in by, oh, you can't do that. They're not going to like you. So when people are coming to the attitude that they don't like you, a couple of them don't like you, you're bringing your A game. And when people say to you, when are you going to quit? I had one person say to me, John, when are you going to give up? And, and I gave the person an answer. And I said to them, when a little baby boy or a little baby girl tell their parents that they don't want to walk anymore or try, person looks at me, says to me, John, when is that? I said, Well, you know when that is, don't you? He says, he scratched his head. I can't remember a time. That means you're (laughs) very intelligent. He says, You're arrogant. Now get out of my office. so you know I, I think that's the thing so as as we kind of wrap up here at, at the end of our interview what, what else would you like to share with our viewers michael is there any uh maybe words of wisdom you'd like to share with our viewers about uh anything that might be on your mind about this topic about you know working from home or just being able to use your own resources to mm-hmm. put some more money in your pocket
4: yeah the, the biggest thing is that your economic destiny is within your control uh so we have been taught by, by the commercial world that, that you can't do anything yourself. You need a boss to help you. Otherwise your labor is worthless. You need a company to convert your labor into value, into cash. And that is a great message for you to have for them. That's a great message for them to teach you. That's not a good message for you to have though you need to have, you need to realize you control your own economic destiny. You can turn your labor into value, your labor into cash on your own. You don't have to work for a big corporation. You don't have to work for a company. You can work, you know, you work through a company, you know, Uber, you're working through a company, but you're working for those, those passengers. Um, You know, roadie, you're working through a company, but you're working for Home Depot or whatever. So there are so many ways you can take control and don't be afraid because this isn't a job. Uber's not a job. Uber's a gig. And you can have six gigs. And if this one doesn't pan out, go to the next one. So there's not the same pressure. Should I take this job? Should I not? Try the gig. Do it for two days. You don't like it? Do the next one. You you get that freedom. You get, get that control. And then it's not like jumping off a cliff, like launching a business. It's mm-hmm. like trying this, trying that, see what works out. Keep doing things that work. Stop doing the things that don't. You know, it's uh, common yeah. sense, but it's common sense we're taught not to use. I tell people, even in
1: business, I mean, obviously, you got to use some 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 common sense, which that's not always uh, handed out anymore. I think they stopped giving that out. But what I tell people is that, yes, you have to have your business goals and and your ideals and your values and all that. But you do need to play a little bit Mm
0: -hmm. when
1: you get too serious about something in business, then it becomes like this monstrosity of, oh, my gosh, what happens? Well, if it doesn't work out, we'll just try something else. And I think if you have that playful, and I'm not telling you to spend a million dollars tomorrow on, on a campaign or a marketing But what I am saying is, you know, take a little risk, understand what you're doing, but play with it. Have fun. And if you can't have fun in the business that you're starting to create, well, you're going to be miserable in it very soon. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to make money in a business? Um, I've known several people that are in businesses, and they hate them. So well, why are you in that? Oh, I can't stand it. We make money, but we hate it. So that's just like a, it's a job. That's not a business. That's, that's not, that's not, that's not entrepreneurship. I mean, that, that that's, that's a sentence, right? <laughs> so I guess uh, in closing probably is that people really, what you're saying, they have the, they have the potential to do anything they want. It's just, they have to dig deep and to learn how to harness that potential.
4: Well, no, not anything. And, and I think a lot of people get into that trap. The other you know, parents thought you can be anything you want. You can be an astronaut. Well, yeah, if you start when you're 15, taking the right courses, you go to school, you get the right degrees. And then you chase it. You know, Mike Rowe had a, has a great video, Chase Opportunities, Not Passion. Um, like, cool, you want to be an astronaut? There's like 100 astronauts. You didn't make the cut. You want to be an NBA player? You didn't make the cut. Now what? But you can – it's not that you can do anything, but it's that you can live the life you want to live You know, by doing – something you're happy doing and not say, I want to play video games all the time, make a living doing that. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, but there's other things you can do to make a living. That's not just, you know, having a boss standing over your shoulder saying, put down more fries, uh, or I need more TPS reports. You know, (laughs) you, you can live the life you want by making the life you want, as long as you're flexible and you're open to the possibilities. I remember the last thought I'll leave you with is that I w- w- when I was a lot younger and I was uh, I think it might have been in
1: grammar school. Uh, and they were saying, what did you want to be? And I was already planning what I want to be. That I want to be a doctor, or a dentist. And as I got into this and I started, you know, studying some of the stuff and researching some of the books, my parents had gotten me these encyclopedias when I wasn't even in fourth or fifth grade about medical stuff. And I am just like, I don't know. This, this, I don't know if I like this. Oh, you'll like it. Trust me. You, you're going to, you're it'll grow with you. <laughs> so I started playing with math. And I didn't like math at first. Yeah. yeah you don't want to do math. You, you, you just, you want to, you want to be, a, you want to be a dentist. You want to be a doctor or surgeon. I do. Yeah. You do. Trust me. It's, it's, it's great. It's great money. You'll love it. Okay. Well, we'll see. No, no, no. You're going to be that. You're going to be that. Or, you know, you could be a lawyer too. Well, let me see. And so when I got around, I think it was sixth or seventh grade, I realized that I liked math and I really did not want to be a doctor. (laughs) And I said, I want to be somebody that people go to for advice, but I didn't know who that was yet. I didn't know what my gift was. I didn't learn my gift until my parents won our first Commodore 64. (laughs) Without going that whole story, but the point is, is that I got very passionate into this. And when I first started the company, when I was in college, like, oh, John, you can't start a tech company because you know that that's your hobby, and it's okay to have your hobby uh, turn into a business. Okay, Uh, that's fine. What you don't want to do is have your business become your hobby. So if your hobby turns into your business and makes money, that's fine. But don't have your business go backwards and have it go into a hobby, which doesn't make you money. And that's just reverse. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, looking at where you want to go from a bird's eye view. But realizing that if somebody tells you you can't do something, um, realize that they may be telling you that because, and this is why parents say this, they're afraid because that's a competitive field. Or that they don't think it's easy. And, you know, being a doctor, other things aren't easy either. But Or they
4: that failed that before could,
1: you. That could be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they don't want you to. But I think if you fail, uh, I, I've been on many seminars in this, but my favorite one is, you know, you haven't failed unless you've quit. Mm-hmm. And um, what, was the, what was the one by uh, Tom Hopkins? I never believe failure is failure, but only as a way to practice my t- uh, technique. My uh, and, uh, and uh, practice, yeah, practice my technique and improve my performance. Mm-hmm. I never believe failure is failure, but only as a game I must play to win. Mm-hmm. Life is a big game. We have to suit up every day, but we have to be fun with it. So, I guess, in short, Michael, it's about I guess people just trying to understand that they had the potential inside them. Uh, and that they can they can harness this. Is there anyone that you would say, from what we've talked about, that probably shouldn't go down this road?
4: You gotta work. So anyone doesn't want to make a living, I guess. But yeah, the, the if you look at it as I could get a mediocre job, or uh, or you know I could cobble together a couple of gigs into a job I control. Um, there's really yo. Know, if you're happy working, I'll, I'll say that actually that would be something you shouldn't do it. If you're at a job and you're happy with it, you make enough money, you're comfortable. Don't get suckered in. Don't you know? Watch all these people talking about hustle and strive and and American dream. If you're making enough money and you're happy, stay where you are. You know, if, if, if don't buy into that. Like you know, contentment is the enemy of progress.
1: Contentment. Oh, I, I always like the idea of, of uh, this is my fo- motto I've always followed. Is I always like to raise the bar. Mm-hmm. So today always has to be better. Always be grateful for what you have, but I always believe I can be a little bit better tomorrow.
4: Yeah, and but, that but, I never can stop learning.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But but there's some people out there who, they don't want to raise the bar, they just want to spend time with their kids. They're happy, they're good. That's okay. And and yeah, you know, we need to recognize that. Like if you can get a decent job, it pays the bills. You take care of your family, go fishing on weekends. You know whatever you want to do, that's okay too. It's, it's, it's a different lifestyle.
1: I guess I guess it depends on what you want. Yeah. And what you want to do in life, what kind of legacy you want to leave, what you
4: want to build. Yeah, and, 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 and recognize you'll never have more than you have if you don't do more than you're doing. But if you're okay, like, I've okay. got everything I need. Yeah, there's is a point where you can declare victory. I mean, like you and I, I don't think we'll ever hit that point. No, but, we're, but al- we're you know,
1: always we're always raising the bar, even if it's a little bit at a time. Yeah. We're always raising the bar to see, well, gee, what could we do differently next time? or what oh, could yeah, we yeah. Ask differently or. Or who could we approach differently? Or or what way could we approach that next mm-hmm. time? You
4: know? Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to be. You, you always want to be growing somehow. Whether so, it's financially or financially. If,
1: if you weren't growing, um, you're dying. Yep. You have to be growing. It's true. Uh, that's true. why I believe that we're living every single moment of our life while we're alive. And if we're not, then our brain is dying. Sure. We have to constantly. Our brain's like a muscle, right? So we have to exercise it every day. Yep. And if we don't keep pushing it, then it's just going to become this brain that just gets lazy. I mean, you know, if you do exercises and, uh, I know every morning I do about um, up to 50, 50 plus exercises, uh, pushups. And if I don't do them, it's like I got to do them before I take my shower, I just mm-hmm. have to do them. And then I get to that last time, like, I just got to just pump those last 15 out. Yes. And you feel good. Mm-hmm. So it's like your, your brain gets into this condition. And I feel that, People out there that don't know if they can do this, I tell them this. Try it for 30 days. If you believe you have the skills, make a commitment to yourself for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And after 30 days, one of two things is going to happen. You're not going to stop or you're not going to be able to continue. <laughs> Michael, this has been really educational, mm-hmm. uh, learning about you know what you do and how you help everyone with Just understanding, you know, I guess their own, um, you know, innate talents that they may or may not know they have and how that sometimes corporate America squashes these talents because um, they want to put a lower value on people. And I think that's not a good thing, is it? Mm
4: -hmm. It is not. Well, it's good for them. Not good for you. Not 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 good for you. It's
1: I always say. It's got to be a two win street. Yeah. Well, listen. I, I hope you enjoy the rest of your holidays. A very happy, healthy, and of course a prosperous twenty twenty one to you and your family. And uh, we will talk to you real soon. All right. Thank you. Great Michael, to be on. Thanks again, be well. Wow, Marcus, that was some presentation, wasn't it?
2: That was wonderful, John. What a what a great guest and very insightful information once again brought to the forefront here.
0: I think think it's great
1: that we can can help people and give back, which I enjoy so much.
0: Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
3: Uh,
1: not just about technology, but just helping people improve the quality of their lives. And I know a couple of those things he shared with us about, you know, not just becoming an Uber driver or maybe working for your local Lowe's or uh, your local uh, um, Home Depot through some of these companies that you can actually do delivery for and um, being a um, you know, freelancer online. Um, again, you, you may not be making millions of dollars doing this, but I think it's great for people that aren't getting an income right now.
2: Yeah, times are very fruitful right now. And uh, and and just those different options alone will definitely get people along the way and really transform the way they are, you know, transform their lives for the better.
1: I think the most thing, Marcus, and we've said it once and we'll say it a million times again, it's attitude. Attitude is everything. Yeah. You know, whether it's your, your father's in the hospital, your mother's in the hospital, your brother's in the hospital, or you lost somebody, unfortunately, in your life your grandfather or or what have you Um, understanding that, yes, these times are challenging for us, but we have to look at everything as a gift and a blessing. And, you know, of a story I might've said told you a while back, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it. They had this gentleman who actually had broke his leg and uh, the neighbor says, oh, that is terrible. You broke your leg. No, 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 That's actually, it's actually a good thing. A good thing? Yeah, you see, the militia was in town, and they were rooting my son, and because he broke his leg, uh, they weren't able to take him. Oh, wonderful. Well, actually, no, it's not. Why not? Well, you see, that same year, he actually got a scholarship to go to college uh, to be on a football team. But because he broke his leg, he wasn't able to take the scholarship scholarship because he couldn't walk. He Mm. was in a still. Oh, that is terrible. No, no, no. That's actually great. Why is it great? Well, you see my neighbor uh, heard about this and actually he got hooked up with the local and he started helping other kids who broke their legs. And so it goes on and on and on. The point is, is that when you start to think about the gratitude, there's a cycle to something being positive. Mm -hmm. So if you can have that Uh, I guess, playfulness inside yourself and realize that life, I don't want to say it's a game, but you have to enjoy life. Life is not about the destination. It's about the journey. So why don't we enjoy it? Right.
2: I love that. That's very well put in some very wise words. Uh, for the audience and just for, for even for myself to even just like, you know, to take those, take that, what you said and, 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 really, uh, roll that out.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I, I, well, you know, we, we try to give value and, uh, speaking about things closing, um, Apple closed 53 stores in California.
2: This is, uh, it's just so terrible for those people, uh, you know, thinking about the people who, you know, uh, work in those retail places it is you know, is one thing that's on my mind. Uh, COVID-19 is, uh, I, I, we we've talked about this before, how yes. m- most of these stores are definitely going to use the COVID-19 excuse. Uh, but-, but, the, but these, I got to tell you,
1: this actually was the reason that they closed. Mm-hmm. They're not stating it. They had a lot of people that were positive and they had to close. Uh-huh. So, I know there's some times when people just throw everything out to COVID, like at the mail. So, oh, it's COVID. Now, right. I know a part of us is, hey, gee, we're blaming everything on COVID. Now, there is some real logistic truth to that. If people get sick at the uh, mail sorting stations, well, then they have to close the whole sorting station down. Maybe they have to close it down for a day, two days until they get people. Maybe they have to clean everything all out in the areas. And uh, it, it's it's a problem. But then I'm not really for the people, Marcus, that they just blame COVID to why they can't do something. Oh, I can't get to work today. Well, why? Well, because of COVID. Well, how is that affecting you? Well, it's COVID and I can't. But That has nothing to do with you getting to work. Like, you know what I'm saying? They just throw right. it in there for like no reason, almost like a, like a sob story. I, I know there's a lot of people that, it's not a sob story for it, but I, I just don't like the people that are abusing this, Marcus. And mm-hmm. the same thing with the unemployment. I think a lot of people are abusing the unemployment when they really could get to work.
2: I agree. Yeah, there's uh, so many people that's out of work now and wish, really wish that they can. And then there's people who are on the other side of that token that you know are happy that they're out of work and, and making more off of unemployment than they did. Before they were working, you know, when when they were working. And so it, yeah.
1: in addition to things closing, there are things about bans we've talked about before. Now, an interesting ban, uh, and this is one that's probably not quite obvious to a lot of people. Um, it's the DJI uh, basically being very disappointed in the U.S. Department of Commerce decision. Customers in America continue to buy and use the DJI drone but DJI remains committed to developing the industry's most innovative products that define our company and benefit the world. Now, th- this is very strange, Mark, because, you know, here they are, you know, banning this drone, and um, it- it's really, you know, the fact that they're, they're concerned about security in the world and just about security in general, uh, I think, is the reason. Um, it says that people in the U.S. will still be able to buy it, uh, the Chinese, uh, basically a giant was named blacklisted not too long ago for their wild, wide scale human abuse in China. So it has nothing mm. to do with the fact of the product. And I think this is something we don't hear a lot about, but I think it's great. When a company does wrong with a product, which we'll talk about, but I think it's just as important where the product is abusive or taking against our rights to whether the company is treating the people that work for that company abusively.
2: Yeah, that that's that's the problem. Um, that's always the problem when you you got you know global concerns you know crossing over in, into uh, what the original intent of the product was. I uh, this this these these things are still being sold though they haven't completely took them off the market. No, um, they
1: haven't. Uh, GGA not only sells throughs, but since it is far and, and away the market is technology used by all sorts of companies that need drones or handheld cameras. So uh, there's a lot of companies out there. Now, you, we haven't talked about this on the show, but in order to fly a drone, uh, virtually you have to have a license and it's some time to get permission to use them if it's above a certain um, area uh, of peeping Tom. So th- there's a lot of rules. I mean, to use a drone recreationally, you have to be in a field. There's a lot of rules. So. Yeah. Most times you have to be licensed to be able to even fly a drone. And uh, uh, even people in photography, they say, oh, gee, I just use a drone and fly it. So here's the thing let's say you don't have a license. Now that drone crashes or something happens. Now that company's in a lot of hot water. And mm-hmm. their insurance is not covering it because they don't have a license to fly that drone commercially. So what we mean by this, ladies and gentlemen, is if you have a drone and you're flying it, for recreational pleasure, and you're not making money. If you're taking photos and it's just for you and you're not selling them, that's considered recreational. However, if you turn around now and sell those photos, now then you're flying that drone commercially. And what a lot of people do, Marcus, is they they fly the drone recreationally, and then later, oh, I love that photo. Oh, yeah, sure. How much is it? And that wasn't the purpose of the drone flying originally.
2: No, it wasn't. Um, you know, like you said, this is, I, I don't, is this really hard to regulate, you know? Um, it, I, it, it is. And now what's going to
1: happen yeah. is if they don't regulate this properly, I could see possibly that, you know, just like, you know, you have, when you go to your, get your car, you have a license. Now we're not at the point in the United States where you have to stick your license in to validate they have a license. Okay. We're not at that point here. Um, but we may get to that point for drones that you might have to scan your license before you can fly it and certain models may only be classed for commercial use right because you have to ask yourself marcus why do they put a camera on a recreational drone like what's the purpose of that right what can you do with all these photos i mean why are you even taking photos what's the point right Most people taking photos are up to no good or they're doing it for business. I don't know too many people recreationally that fly a drone and do it to not make money.
2: That's the only reason I can see it, you know, and other, other than that, like, you know, it's, you know, if you're uh, a hardcore hard, hard hobbyist of some some sort. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and just to let you know, so yeah. people ask you, so like, John, how much does it cost to get an FAA drone license? Well, the testing fee is a flat $160. It's paid directly to the testing center where you schedule a test. And if the testing center is owned by PSI, well, guess what? You got to chuck another $100 in there for them because... They have to go through that other nonsense, like, you know, making sure you don't take and things to the exam room. And once you pass the test, there is no additional fee to get your actual certificate. Isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's not five seconds, uh, Marcus. You've really got to do some homework. You know what this reminds me of? of uh, I, uh, I love uh, motorboats. Also, I love to sail and I, and I sail competitively many, many years. When, when I was, not even if I was starting to sail competitively. And, um, you know, when you have a motorboat, you know, you, you drive it. But technically, that to, to use your motorboat, you have to have a license. So, yeah. so a lot of us, you know, we have regular car licenses. But did you know that you don't need to have a boat license, but you do need to have a certificate? So your regular license is not enough to drive a boat.
2: No. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I You that. have to
1: have a boat safety license. So, um, the next question you're probably asking me is, you know, what does it cost? Good thing is if you buy, uh, like a boat or, you know, you buy a jet ski, a lot of times they include the course.
2: Yeah, they do. Um, the thing about it is, you know, there's some people that try to get around that. And that's why we see a lot of boating accidents, you know, and, uh, and this is, and this is the scariest part. Uh, about you know these recreational vehicles and uh and i think we're going to see a lot you know as these uh, drones are even as they still are very accessible to buy uh, you, you're going to see a lot more drone you know incidents you know
1: that that's I what i, I think is going to happen yeah that's what's going to happen exactly and it's not going to nobody Nobody's going to do anything, Marcus, until it causes a problem, unfortunately. Like, let's think about this for a second. Uh, traffic lights. They don't put a traffic light at an intersection and force get killed. Enough people get killed. Exactly. Right? Well, we could just throw a stop sign there. Or we could just throw a realize it. And um, so if, if you didn't get free, they roughly range from 29 to $50. And, and although this isn't going to be a whole uh, dissertation, here about uh, boating licenses. But one thing I want you to understand is that uh, by having a state boat card, uh, it's accepted by a lot of other states. And the answer to that is yes. So all states that have a mandatory boater education requirement will accept your state boaters education card or certificate. And that mm-hmm. couples with your license of your car to allow you to operate a boat. Now, what do they go into real, real quickly. So they go into things like having to run the blower motor, uh, for so many minutes on certain boats to make sure that the fumes are all outside of the engine chamber, uh, like gassing up, uh, at a, um, at a marina, uh, before you fully turn on the engine. So you don't have explosion, uh, making sure that, uh, proper, that you have life, uh, life jackets in the right area, that you know how to use them, uh, that you have a radio, uh, just little safety things. And not only that, I think that's really important. And I thought this was, uh, not funny, but I think it's really interesting. People say, well, gee, I got a jet ski. Why do I need it? Well, to be very honest with you, the reason that you need it for a jet ski, there is air. Now, a lot of times these jet skis, they don't have propellers anymore. An awful lot of you know this, but they're not right. propellers anymore. And they actually have forced air. If that air were to get pushed against you, that could be fatal to you. So that is why uh, even with it's more important than just the propeller, because, yes, propellers dangerous. But a lot of people think that the propeller, it's not dangerous. It's just as dangerous, if not more dangerous.
2: It certainly is. And um, I think this is just a little bit of that novice knowledge that people tend to have. They just look at the cool part about it and they bypass everything else. So thank you for exactly. providing that information, John. That that really my really helpful.
1: my pleasure. I always try to provide trivia and use no useful, I should say, information. Because, <laughs> you, know, you never know yeah. when you're going to need this information. No, and you never uh, know. This,
2: this is great. And summer's coming, going to be coming back, and and you know what's yes. going to happen. Everybody's going to you know try to you know jump back in if um the vaccine you know um rolls out.
1: So so the question I know a lot of people probably ask you is so when do you need. Uh, a boat a boater's license okay that's probably the question that's coming into a lot of people's minds so uh in 1983 uh you would need a boating safety certificate uh beginning in 2003 if you're born on or after just 1978 you will need a boating safety certificate uh beginning in 2024. so all motor operators regardless of age will need a boating safety certificate beginning 2025. So they've changed that a little. And uh, so motor. But if a boat is over a certain amount of feet, you will also need to have it. So even certain sailboats will need it. So it's not just that a boat is motored or not. It really has to deal with some other issues on the craft because a sailboat can be as dangerous um, on, on the waterways. So they also teach you things like how to the waters, how to use the buoys.
0: Uh don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare. 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.
1: How to go around, how to know the channel, how to read it. And this is important because if you don't know these things breeding a motorboat, well, guess what can happen? Your boat can go ashore. And that could be pretty dangerous. So, yes, they have boats now that have depth finders, but lots of times those depth finders, they're wrong or they get clogged with seaweed heat uh, <laughs> or other. other and now, now what do you do? How do you know if you're in a safe area or not? You need to know how to read the channel. So this is just another uh, important reason. But getting back to tech, uh, Google, I guess, is trying to uh, pull themselves out of the dark. Google now offers COVID tests weekly to their employees. Isn't
2: that nice? yeah that's nice <laughs> uh, and,
1: and the test will be free too it's ninety they have ninety thousand employees
2: yeah yeah uh, this is <laughs> wow this is this is good that they're doing that you know uh being that they do have a you know a huge ton of employees, I think yeah. this would be you know uh definitely you know they'll be kind of ahead of the the the, the curve here. Uh, by, uh, maybe potentially slowing, slowing the spread here. Uh, So, yes, yes.
1: But I got to tell you, um, of course this 4.5 million figure is assuming that every employee takes advantage of the offer. So it costs them 4.5 million to do this. And I guess they want to let people know this. I got to say something, Marcus, you know, when you do something out of the goodness of your heart, usually you don't want to be, um, what was the uh, the saying? Uh, I'm religious, but you know, you go in the church and it's like if you're praying, that's great. But if you actually go into the street uh, and you have a trumpet, you tell everybody I'm praying, well, uh, I don't know. That that just that seems like it's taken something out of it and really you've already been paid. And yeah, really, there's no reward for you because Right.
2: It really <laughs> devalues it then at that point. So it, it,
1: it, that just, uh, I just think Google is hitting below the belt. I think this is nice they're doing this, but I think they're just pushing this out to say, hey, look at us, look at us, look at us. We're giving four point five million of our money to people. Okay, well, you should be doing that.
2: Yeah, and I working mean, they got they got a they got a huge number of employees and you know, and there's other companies that's already jumped on this uh bandwagon already when <laughs> when COVID was at its peak to, to get the employees to come back.
1: Exactly. And now they are saying that they're happy to give this to the new interns free of charge as well.
2: <laughs> wow. This, yeah, a real good class act they are, you know, so.
1: <laughs> I know. And, and Google, uh, create a website. Okay. About the nationwide system for getting access to COVID tests, Okay. Um, Although it, its alphabet division did briefly offer testing in some regions, uh, it wasn't quite true. So Google had done some other work for public, like creating a con- contact system. So they kind of, I don't know, they kind of lied about some things. Uh, and they worked with Apple and improving the information. And then here's the funny thing: the site crashed.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the site story crashed. So Google did so well. OK, because they own Google, Google owns them. They yeah. made their site get so high with traffic that it crashed <laughs> about the fact oh. that they're giving away free tested employees. Of course, their story is going to be yeah. mainstream. Oh, so I, I I just feel there's no I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason. And how can somebody like Google be able to allow their own site to be pushed to the top? I think something like that should not be allowed. I no. think that right there, my friends, is an antitrust thing. Right. Yeah,
2: that's, that's a clear example of the, of the monopoly that they hold, you know, to, to be, able, be able to push a story and put, push their website, you know, up the ranks like that. So, I'm yeah, not that's, saying that's that they should be
1: able to write stories, but they should be able to rank just like everybody else does. And I think they should give us a little more information, Marcus, about what they look for in a site. I feel like it's just this big game. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's, there's there's definitely you know a lot of stuff going on um behind the scenes that you know they're they're not letting us know about. Uh and they they you know they're gonna keep getting caught. You know, it's just it's just a matter of time, you know, before before they just you know have to implode.
1: I, I I agree, and you know with these more antitrust cases brought against Google uh, and the Texas attorney, Texas attorney general and uh, a coalition now of thirty eight other states that are jumping on board. Those thirty eight other states can't be wrong. Now it's not forty nine other states, thirty eight states, but still that that's a large population. That's more than half. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, just just to shift a little more about google you know they they announced the airpod max as we talked about briefly uh this puppy starts selling for around 550 and um it's a whole lot more than what you would expected because uh, there's a lot now going on because of privacy debates um and and i think right now just the fact that uh devices can monitor and hear things you know the this is a this is a great problem, and um, so I, I think it's great that they're coming out with this new uh, you know this new thing and they have new firmware for it and all this great stuff. But here again, uh, a five hundred fifty dollar headphone um, to detail experience is it really worth followers? I don't think so. No. I really don't think so. Um, on the um, on speaking about that. And getting back into more about these cases, you know, are you right now leaving away your privacy during the holiday season? What do you mean? All right, you lock your doors. You lock your car. At least I hope you don't do a lot of people do in, here in Franklin Lakes. They actually leave their car in the driveway and they leave their keys in the car. Oh, So don't do that. Uh, I'm not saying the people here are wrong, but you really shouldn't leave your keys in the car. So that somebody can just say, hey, come and take me. We've had to literally put signs of a town that says, please lock your car and take your keys with you. The beauty the beauty of smart cars, you just get in and push start. And it doesn't matter where the key is, it just starts. <laughs> <laughs> we wondered why, you know, hundreds of cars were being lost during the year. And it's because people made it so easy. Again, its it's not saying it's right. But we really shouldn't make it that easy for people to take cars like just leave the house open and uh, whatever you want. Just help yourself. We're going to church. Just leave everything open and just steal whatever you want. Just make sure you wipe your feet on the way out or way in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) we're joking, but seriously, you know, Um, so who's contributing to this? Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Amazon, Google and Facebook. So what am I actually talking about? Well, I thought you'd never ask. We've talked about the Internet of Things before, and we, we have a great guest actually coming uh, next week, Carl Weaver uh, from overseas, um, and he'll be more about that. But, you know, when we talk about devices, so there are toys, what they call smart toys, mm-hmm. and smart toys are designed to actually grab data collaborate with the internet, and appear uh, appear intelligent so that uh, the child, or whoever most likely, it's usually the child, uh, can get a a fun experience and can learn about lots of different things, which I think is fantastic. But beware, (laughs) there's one particular toy. It's a smart toy on the market. It's a little bear. And there's some other toys as well. Uh, There's also another toy called Kayla. Now, Kayla actually had been restricted by the, um, uh, by the Germans. So let's talk about Kayla. There's Elf on the Shelf, and they all operate the same way. So Kayla is a toy, and Kayla is Bluetooth-controlled with your phone. And basically, right. once she's next to your phone, she then has access to the Internet, and she can you know grab data. And basically, she starts out when she's not hacked and says, Hi, I'm Kayla. What have you done today? Oh, I was just reading. Oh, that's so <laughs> nice to hear. I went to a birthday party with two of my friends. I wish you could have joined me. And we had fun. We sang songs. And it was so, so much fun. Now, that's Kayla in a non-hacked environment. In a hacked environment. Hey, I'm Kayla. And now I'm in charge. little
2: creepy, isn't it? That is You know, uh, it really takes you back to uh, that Chucky doll, (laughs) that Mr. Good Guy doll.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what's happening, ladies and gentlemen, is that somebody, uh, Predator whoever, maybe close to you because, you know, they don't have to be that far. Let's say they're at a mall or wherever they are, and now they hack into your Bluetooth because they have to be pretty close, but they could actually hack into your Wi-Fi and then hack into your phone. Right. So now what happens is when they hack into it, they can start putting all kinds of commands. Hi, I'm Kayla. So what? what's your name, Megan? Megan, is that your real name? Yeah. What's your last name, Megan? Where do you live, Megan? And what town is that in, Megan? Oh, that's wonderful. Is that near a mall, Meg? And then they ask these like questions like this. Yeah. Do you have any brothers and sisters, Megan? Do your parents work? Do they work all day? When do they come home at night? Oh, they usually don't come home till late. Do you have anyone else that's home with you? Do you have a grandmother? Anybody watching us? Yeah, I have a grandmother, but she doesn't come in until a half hour after I get home from school. So I'm here like for a half hour without them. This is bad information. Marcus. It is.
2: You know, um, this is a a perfect, you know, setup to, you know, to something that can end up being a a terrible nightmare.
1: Well, let's talk about another dollar and then I'll talk about the nightmare. And and I don't really want to scare you, but I do want to put a little bit of concern in you uh, and your child's mind, because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, would you hand out your credit card to a total stranger? Would you do that, Marcus?
2: Oh, no, not at
1: all. No, but answer this question. Why do so many people think it's okay to give it out over the internet? What's the difference?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's about the same.
1: <laughs> it, it's the same thing. But I'm home and I'm in, in my private area and nobody's watching me and I'm all, all comfortable and cozy and I'm all protected. Or so I think.
2: Exactly. Yeah, but, you know. we So we- it was something
1: Elf- yeah. called Elf on the Shelf. You might have remembered Elf on the Shelf. And he's another yeah. nightmare. So Elf on the Shelf was a surveillance, uh elf, and he was put around so that you basically um, could keep an eye on children to see if they were good or bad. So he had a camera inside him, in his eyes. And so people knew what he did, but the scary part was that perpetrators connected into them, hackers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: predators, and were grabbing that data. Remember, he was all over the place. He wasn't just at home. They put him in the bathroom. They put him in the kitchen. They put him all over the place, and he's just watching innocently, or so everybody thought. Originally, he was put there so parents and, and, and caregivers could keep track of them. But then what other people will to just pry into his camera and grab his data, that's a nightmare, Marcus.
2: That's terrible. You know, Oh my God. Just think, just think of like, just all of the, the, the things that's intimate to, to, to what you do behind closed doors, just being exposed like that. Um, yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe you were saying something, maybe you were talking about something that happened at school and it was personal and maybe these dolls now they have ears and they can hear in microphones. And, in one particular situation uh, somebody was listening to something and actually posted a story about them online. And the girl was oh. wondering how that ever got out. And they later learned it was from the doll.
2: Oh, my God. Um, and these can these things, these type of things can like get out and then go viral before you know it. Uh, yeah. You, you yeah. Got a and, not o- and not reputation. only was it
1: was, not only was it now, let's start with a couple of the ones so you can be aware. So VTech had a big problem 2018. The Hong Kong yeah. toy manufacturer. You now, VTech was known before for a very reputable, a very reliable cordless telephone. But then they decided that they weren't making the money in the cordless telephone industry. And they were going to get into the toy industry. And the toy manufacturer had to pay out six hundred and fifty thousand dollars against the U.S. Federal Trade Commission.
2: That's a lot of money. They the Kid
1: Connect yeah. app got exploited on their tablet. Fisher-Price had a similar problem, and we just talked about Kayla and also the Fire HD Kids Edition tablet. So how do you prevent something like this? Well, I think what has to happen is there has to be a coalition. When you have a toy like this, realizing that what safety protocols are in place. First of all, there should have been a pin that you have to actually put into the phone so only you can talk to that toy. That would probably be a good thing or a passcode, right? That no right. one else knows. Right. And the information that's retrieved from that. You remember we talked about some of these uh, robots and some of these uh, uh, mobile presence devices. But in all these devices, one thing we said is that all the data is securely encrypted to their server. Securely encrypted and can only down with the person that has the code. The people at the company can't even pull the data down. That's not the case with these
2: tours. uh, Oh, man. Yeah. So, (laughs) this is, this will be the perfect solution in a perfect world. But unfortunately, these guys, they have demonstrated that they're looking to get a quick buck. And, and, and that's
0: 100% right. And, and, um,
3: i want to ask
1: people: Is does the manufacturer treat you as the owner of the data, or are you just another source for the information they grab?
2: I think that'd be a very easy question at this point. I, uh, I right think-
1: now, right now, unless yeah. you're, you're using one of these certified, we talked about, like the ones with the mobile presence toys and things like that. Uh, um, you know, I, I am buying any of these smart toys from overseas. I'll be honest with you. I think they're terrible. I think the toy needs to be in the United States. And, and I think the toys that come from overseas should not be allowed. And I know that's kind of harsh, but I, I think that needs to happen because there's just no way we can solve this, Marcus. There's no way.
2: It's not happening. Uh, and again, you know, unless they dedicate a third party to, to, to really have some clear o- oversight, uh, with some with some type of uh, system that you know really you know holds these companies accountable, uh, I think that you know, that right is now, that is
1: the main thing, Marcus. The same thing yeah. I said not too long ago, and I didn't talk about it in kids' toys. I talked about it in generalities, but here's a specific example: the Internet of Things, right? I talked yeah. about the fact that who's responsible for all this data in the Internet of Things? Something like your washing machine any device even alexa even amazon i'm not I'm, uh, amazon alexa or 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 the google um uh the google product right we have the the alexa uh and and then, and then and then we also have google's um google's google's voice box right uh so i think the problem is um who's taking responsibility Right. Who, who is taking responsibility for this? And right now the answer, Marcus, is no, no one.
2: No, not at all. No one's taking responsibility. Yeah. And, it's, it's and not hard. only
1: are we talking about personal data that might just be personal as to maybe something confidential to you, but maybe we're talking about medical data and medical data that if it got out could be catastrophic. course or could ruin some reputation.
2: Hmm. Uh what is that, John, exactly?
1: Well, when we're talking about maybe they have a certain type of disease or something, uh, or you know they have um, some type of condition that they don't want to get out because it might affect uh, their way in the workplace, um, even though it's in the medical hands. But the medical hands are not allowed to share it with the companies. Just think if that medical provider could share it with the company. They could find random reasons to fire people. They would say it's because of the medical reason, but now they just find another reason that they want to fire.
2: Yeah. At least they will have something, you know, that, that, that will serve as like a, a basic foundation and something truthful, you know, but they're now going
1: to know how to tackle these people. It's one thing if somebody has a secret, but now if you know what that is and you can kind of play in, so you have any issues in your family? No. How about your uncle? No. How about your brother? Well, and now you start asking questions, and now you put somebody on the spot.
2: Exactly. and That's a know, problem. That's, that's a real food problem. So, <laughs> man. It,
1: <laughs> I, I think we need to have a coalition developed, similar to what happened with Facebook and Instagram. Nothing to do with them. I think we need a coalition formed that is going to make sure toys or not just toys, but internet of things are safe, and that there is a responsibility. And that if yeah. there is a responsibility, something that has an insurance barrier, let's say we're talking, let's say with $650,000. I don't know, let's say we're gonna ask for, for, oh, we could ask for, I don't know, close to maybe twice that, right? Hundred thousand dollars, yeah, two hundred million, two millions, two millions. So we do that kind of a thing, right? Now, if something goes wrong, they can go back on their bond. So companies are going to have to come out with insurance policies, which they might not be a lot. Let's say it was a million dollar policy, we might have to come up with maybe ten thousand. But if something goes wrong, then their policy can't. But it's an insurance type thing. And I feel that's where we need to go because otherwise there's no protection. Let's say that in this this situation that we talked about and you're talking with Kayla and now suddenly this girl or this boy talks and now they're talking with – we knew what happened online with hackers and predators. It's no different here, ladies and gentlemen. If these people talk to these dolls or these safe toys with their intimate secrets or whatever they have about their family or anything – or things that, you know, sh- out into the real world. And now that gets out into the real world, let's just say that their father was working on a patent. Okay? And let's say that the kid was, they were sharing the patent with the family, which was okay, but maybe the kid's talking about the patent to the doll. And now suddenly that patent becomes extortion and goes
2: overseas. Yeah, this is, this is not really putting us in the best position. Uh, it's a no. lot it's, just, it's a lot of bad um it's a lot of bad things it's a lot and, of bad and we know that's
1: that's one thing that can happen in addition to that let's talk about trading stocks maybe you know something about a company well now mm-hmm. we know something that gets out there well gee I want to go buy a million shares because I heard from the the president the CEO's daughter about what they're going to be doing
2: hmm inside trade yeah and that is and then and then of
1: course the big problem which is which is which is child predators so now you've talked to this whole person and suddenly they learn their habits and now i don't know the person decides to deliver something to them maybe they bring them a treat maybe they ring their doorbell maybe they want a contest and the kid believes them right Maybe they learn when their birthday is, and maybe they learn that the kid is uh, taking advantage of because the parents always work, and now no one's taking, no one's really helping when their birthday. They're not really, they're not really, you know, doing anything for the birthday, and the person capitalizes on it, and bam.
2: And it's too late, Dan. At that point, it's,
1: it, it's too late. Way too late. It's way too late. The person has built that bond, and 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 we're not here getting graphic, but to be honest with you. The damage has been done once they've agreed to let that person come over to celebrate their birthday. Because a lot more is going to happen than just wishing them a happy birthday. And the child doesn't know this.
2: No. No, he or she doesn't. And, uh, you know, if people are not really thinking about protecting the children, you know, and they're just, again, lining their pockets up and and really just trying to, you know, push it, push something out there fast and hurry. It, it, it tells a lot about, you know, just who they are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think when we go to buy stuff, I think we need to be careful about what we're buying. Yeah. Understand yeah. the risks and knowing that, you know, like I said, I, I won't let an Alexa in my home or a Google voice. I have all kinds of technology, but I won't allow them. Uh, and it's not because they're not great technology. It's because the technology, can be sold, and now there's no privacy anymore, Marcus.
2: No, there's no privacy. Yeah, Ooh, I, I'm with you, John. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. Not, you know, I'm glad I don't have a, a an Alexa or anything that captures captures voices or conversations. So uh, one you know, thing so yeah. I do want to tell you. One thing I
1: do want to tell you about that you do have that a lot of people don't know about, and that's disabling their assistant on Microsoft Assistant. Wow. So a lot of people, when they get Windows 10, uh, they basically can, they don't realize that the, you know, the Microsoft, whatever her name is. Um, Cortana? You know, uh, what is, what is Cortana? her name, Cortana? Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people think uh, that if you just click on disable, that Cortana is 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 done. She's not. <laughs> Uh, you actually can go to your Start key. Uh, you go on the settings, and once you've gone on the settings, you can select Privacy in the left panel and look for the speech inking and typing, and click Stop Getting Know Me. Now, that's one thing that is supposed to take care of it. I don't trust yeah. it. I go all the way into the registry. I go to the Start key, Reg Edit, H key, Local Machine Software Policies, Microsoft Windows. Right-click the Windows directory and then choose new key in the Windows search and hit enter. At that Windows search in the right-hand side pane, right-click the empty area and choose new D Word 32 value. Type in allow Cortana, capital A, lowercase L-L-O-W, capital C, lowercase O-R-T-A-N-A, and hit enter. Double-click on allow Cortana and type in zero under the value. Save it. Reboot your computer. And Cortana is not going to have any bit of access to your computer, one bit at all.
2: <laughs> you know, that's that's just crazy. You got to go through so much just to get rid of the thing. You know, and, um, and here I am all this time, thought, thought that just that disabled was, it was just enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. Can you imagine how many, you know, uh, Americans and people around the world uh, don't even know that?
1: I know, I know. And and, and a lot of people aren't doing things wrong, and and they're not after people. But, you know, the truth of it, the matter of is this, just so you guys know. When you're on phone calls and stuff like that, your phone calls are being monitored, okay? Uh, Not by your neighbor or anything like that, but they're being monitored by, uh, let's say, different government agencies. And they're not coming after you for your private conversations, okay? They're listening for certain keywords. yeah. If those keywords come up so many times, then they'll start manually listening to your conversation. So that's what it's about. That's why I say to you when you're on the telephone, even if you're joking with somebody, don't do that. Because what you think is a game, somebody else might be having you in for questioning, and you didn't mean anything by that. So we are in a free society, ladies and gentlemen. But we need to be careful when we use technology. Just like when you're on the plane, you don't say certain four-letter words, right? No. Right? So you understand what I'm saying. There is a social uh, – how can I say? A social norm, but a social responsibility because of where our world has gone, 9-11, things like
2: that. I agree. And um – it was it was because of 9-11 mm-hmm. that, you know, really changed the way we look at our privacy, the way we look at, you know, just um, how safe we really are.
1: The um, when I was traveling uh, just the other day, traveling uh, to see my folks, you know, when you travel to the airport now, I mean, we have to wear the masks and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, uh, one change that happened is, you know, about the three one one rule where you can have, uh, you know, it's uh, the three ounces uh, one bag, uh, and and one kit. So you can have three bottles, uh, uh, basically of one ounce each and one bag, one whole yeah. item. Now they allow you to have one additional bottle, which is can be up to 12 ounces that can have your sanitizer in it. That is the only difference, and they scan that separately. But now they're starting to do other things, Marcus, when you go to the airport. Uh, they didn't do this at my airport yet, but they're starting to do this around the globe in some of the larger airports. When you go there, you're going to take your your license out. You're going to scan your license into a scanner. You're then going to pull your mask down. It's going to grab your face and let you know whether you validate it. If you are, the door will open to let you through.
2: So, so with this, you know uh, what I'm thinking of. Then is the, is this this will ultimately uh, not slow down lines? If, if, am I correct? This it, will, it's not you know, going to slow lines? down lines.
1: It's not going to sort of lines, but my question is this, Marcus, your information is being captured now, right? Right. And where is that information going? Are they really just scanning your photo and your card for a match? Which that'd be great if that's all they're doing.
2: Yeah, I don't yeah, trust if that, that's it yeah if that's it then fine i don't I don't, tr- I don't you know trust like uh because we know when we buy an airline ticket that's it you know you buy an airline yeah. ticket you're you bored that's it but now with this extra step here you know um this is this is a real good chance to like to sell to a third party they can uh you know exactly. sell to sell to the government if they want to because you know because at any time the government can say hey you know let's see who was on the on a plane. In, a, in a, exactly,
1: exactly, my point. And more and more venues, and we'll talk about this on another show next year, is touchless. Now, you've been to airports before where you know you have to put your hands up or you can go through a pat down. Well, now they're coming up with something called touchless to try now. You can literally walk through and it does a scan of your body as you're walking through and you can keep your social distance. Because the problem with guards and stuff is that they've been close to you, right? So now they're trying to eliminate the whole thing with touchless technology.
2: I think that's a pretty cool thing.
1: It's a pretty good thing, but we know what happened back when they had this technology years ago, how we had people in back rooms that weren't doing ethical things. So as (laughs) long as as the technology does what it says it's supposed to do and only indicate things uh, basically, that the software is not presenting images to the guards unless the image is a violation. Yes, I- that that's the problem. There, there should be no, there shouldn't be an image shown for every person that walks through. It should truly be an AI system that learns and only presenting if there's an issue. So, I, I think yeah. there's a lot of social responsibility that has to happen, but we'll. Talk more about that as we uh, as we get next year. There's a lot happening. So uh, uh, parents, you know, be careful if you're getting some type smart toy. Are you really uh, giving away your privacy with that toy? And just because your kids are not on the TV.
0: Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: Uh, or you, uh, be leery. Uh, what toy they're using, and and what information are they telling that toy? I think that is uh, really something that we all have to think about. Because if we don't think about that, Marcus, uh, the cost to that could be so priceless. I mean, really there, priceless. Yeah. Now uh, there are. I want to just talk about a few trends that are going to be happening for us. Because uh, you know, twenty twenty one is. Uh, just around the corner, and I know uh, our last show for the year. And then what do we have? We have a we have a, a little bit of a collage of shows. Uh, I believe on New Year's Eve, uh, there's something at two o'clock and five o'clock. But this is our show for for um, you know for 2020. And um, when we wrap up the year, I like to talk about the trends. So there are lots of trends coming up. And um, we follow something called Gardner. And one thing that's coming up is called IOB, the Internet of Behavior. So you heard of Internet of Things. Well, IOB basically gets to learn about you and based on your behavior and based on your actions. And based on that thing, so we're hearing all these acronyms now. So this new type Mm of uh, IOB is uh, using data to change behaviors. Uh, For example, if you get too close to a building. Uh, Maybe they'll go ahead and alert you because you're getting too close and maybe you don't have a mask on. So just little little things like that. Uh, There's something called the total experience where we take the multi, the customer, um, the employee experience, and also the user experience. We put them all together and now we can link them into other apps uh, and company systems that might do things like COVID, that might have certain protocols in place that they may have to follow before they get to a door. Or maybe when certain things are validated, maybe a first door gets done. But maybe uh, when they get to a second door, maybe they need to validate that they have no temperature. And then a second door. So these are all things that are going to keep happening. And depending on what happens with the vaccine, we're going to see more and more of automation, like it or not. Uh, And that's because it saves time and it saves money. Now, it costs a lot of money to implement, but it does save a lot of time. But there are problems with this, Marcus, as we just talked about, and that's privacy. So there's something now called privacy-enhancing computation. Uh, And the whole idea of it is to not expose people's privacy data or personal health information, et cetera, um, but just process it. So we have a trusted environment to process and analyze data. Data process data in a decentralized area, which is not the area connected to our service, but say in the cloud. We transform data before anything is being performed in a distributed cloud. And then we have Anywhere Operation Cybersecurity Mesh. So it's a way of making sure that your data end-to-end is secure, but there is no way that that data can be traced back to you. But the result is only provided. So it's going to change a lot of things in 2021.
2: It is. And, um, and as you mentioned, you know, if, if we don't have a full, full wide, uh, countrywide, um, you know, uh, vaccine, uh, round that, you know, that hits everyone in time enough, um, automation will rule us, but, you know, privacy will be a big concern and, um, Just that. I
1: want. I I, want to share some other brighter news. You, you know, getting ready to celebrate New Year's. I know it's going to be a little bit quiet this year. Uh, A lot of places are providing streaming and things like that. Uh, And you guys know Zoom has always done the forty minutes. Now you remember Thanksgiving they lifted the forty minutes. It was thirty. Now they made it forty. If you're over one person, Um, you know, one person you could talk as long as you want. But anybody over one person in, in a conference. So if you're one to one, it's fine. But if you're over, basically you and Another person in there, then it's uh, there was just a 40 minute ban, and otherwise, you'd have to pay to upgrade. Uh, what they're doing on uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern on December 30th, okay, uh, 2 a.m. Eastern time, January 2nd, they're lifting the ban on the 40 minute limit. Isn't that nice?
2: Oh, wow, that is really nice.
1: Ring in the new year.
2: Oh, that's really, really nice. And I know a lot of people are excited about that one. Uh, there, you know, people who uh, definitely want to maintain, uh, you know, the party at home.
1: Exactly. Uh, so the last thing I want to talk about is ways to celebrate uh, New Year's on on Zoom. I think that's probably something that a lot of people would like to know about. So, uh, you know, there's lots of things you could do. You could do a uh, a music where you you know you play music, and people have to guess that. Um, and, uh, the first person that guesses, it just calls it out. Um, you could do Pictionary where, you know, you do a picture, everybody sees that. And then you work in teams or something like that. So you could do that type of stuff uh so you could do everything you could normally do in person but the incentive for a lot of this is obvious that yeah i don't want to do it and not win anything having time for the family is good for the older people but the younger people they all want to seem to get something for putting that time in. Mm -hmm. so you can get something it doesn't have to be expensive you can get starbucks gift cards you can get other gift cards from bj's costco um you know you can get visa cards and the nice thing about it and keeping you can get amazon gift cards Keeping things social, just worry about mailing it to them. You can literally just email them or give them the card number or text it. You know, send them uh, on Zoom. You could send it to them once they win. So that's a great way to do it. And and one way to handle it is maybe have one if you have, let's say you have uh, most may, most sides of the family usually have a partite, and then they have uh, uh, the maternal side, the two sides of the family. Uh, but then when they're large, it's great to have each family maybe come up with an idea, maybe. Pictionary, another family could do, um, uh, like I said, they could do the name that tune type of thing. Um, you could do a, you know, if you ever played the game, you know, what am I thinking about? Uh, things like that. Just just be creative. So each family would devise their own game, okay? And then normally what will happen is that family would also would come up with the prizes for that. If you let's just say you have six families, well, or for you would just come up with six games, and so each family would basically buy a ten or twenty dollar gift card. Yeah. You're probably we're going to spend that in gas anyway.
2: Yeah, you were.
1: <laughs> so it's a nice way to stay to stay close with everybody. It's also a great idea to take a photo with everybody uh, and show that around. You know, there's some great features in Zoom you can actually use the uh, backgrounds. Maybe Maybe you can make a contest and say, hey, um, one of our contests is going to be uh, creating your own Zoom background. So make sure you have one because we're going to be hosting that content. And so that's something you can do. Uh, another one might be, gee, um, use some of the Zoom effects to be the craziest or to be the funniest or whatever. Uh, you could. So there's a lot of things you could do to celebrate New Year's, isn't there?
2: Yeah, it is well, quite the bit of the time to like, you know, get creative and uh, creativity is a good way to keep the brain going.
1: Yeah, you can even play, you know, if you have a game like um, th- there's one company out there, I think it's called Teachers Pay Teachers, and, and you could download stuff from them that's really inexpensive. Like they have, a, uh, I think they have a uh, like a Wheel of Fortune, they have a Family Feud, so, and they're templates you can use. And uh, I think they're like five or $10, they're not much at all. And so that's one great thing you can do. And so there's a lot of stuff you can do. What I would also recommend is that if you're gonna start your New Year's, if it's 7.30, connect with New Year's and just have all connected. Now, some people have really big screen TVs and have big cameras, but the whole point of of the, is that everybody stays on camera. So Mm. if you're in this room, uh, just everyone is on camera as much as possible, except that they have to go to the restroom or something like that, because you want everybody to enjoy the experience. As far as the rooms, now, you could do rooms if you want. Um, maybe you're going to have some type of a uh, discussion on something. Uh, maybe you want to have the guys get together and the ladies get together, and you can have some kind of discussion. Or maybe you could do something like uh, maybe it's a fantasy football thing you're doing. So there's lots of things. I would tell you the rooms are good, but try to work on keeping the family together as much as possible. That's going to stop the boredom because when you break everybody up, people are going to start to get bored. Great. They just are. Uh, Another thing to do is to sing Christmas carols. Uh, You could do that or sing New Year's carols. Um, You can also, uh, if you're baking, you can have a contest. And you could pre-arrange to send your cookies and things to the different families, and you can have a contest, like a cook a cook-off. So there's lots of things you can do, aren't there, Marcus?
2: Yeah, it's quite a bit. The the sky's the limit here, and um, just got to get creative, like you said, you know. And, um, and, and and this is a good time to take advantage of that. Uh, and this this might be, you know, hopefully this might be the, the last year where we have to, you know, uh, get adjusted to this new norm, uh, new normalcy.
1: New normal. Yeah. So I guess the message that I, I guess I want to send to everybody, of course, uh, you know, Marcus I, and, and the team, we wish you a very happy, healthy, uh, safe holiday season and a very prosperous, of course, healthy and wonderful 2021. Um, Again, we enjoyed having you. This was our our first year with this show, and uh, we enjoyed celebrating. Next year, we'll be celebrating our anniversary, which will be coming up very soon. And uh, uh, we're just very grateful to have all of you watching the show and sharing it with people and and just providing this value. I mean, just being here, uh, Marcus, and I know you can relate to this, just giving this value, I feel feel so pumped up. I don't know where our time goes. Uh, But one thing I want to leave with everybody is that, you know, take the time – Before the end of the year, maybe take a pad out or whatever you're going to use your electronic device and really jot down some of your goals. Don't be afraid to write a lot of them, but get specific about them. What I always recommend is going to buy one of those fancy books. Maybe it's eight or ten dollars at the store, but a nice book like a journal and write things down and just kind of thinking about that and putting that away. And then what I also recommend doing is getting another journal and writing out three to five of those things every single day. And what I want you to do is, if if that's a lot, then just take three. But I want you to do this. It's called three, six, nine. There is magic in numbers. So if you take those three or whatever you have, no more than nine, and basically take them and just really focus on them. really think about what it's like that you've achieved that. Do that six different times a day. Do it for at least nine seconds and you will feel better. And you're going to see that your brain is going to start pulling you, but every single day you've got to write them out and you've also got to spend that nine seconds just six times a day. Can you all do that? Nine seconds. Okay. Yeah. If you had six or nine goals, that's not even a minute. That's not even a minute. You waste more time than that. And if you did that, my friends, imagine how much your life could change the first year that i did this and just did the writing down of the goals i looked at my book the end of the year and i was like wow almost every single one of them came true or a lot of them came true so when we write about something and forget about it, it's great but then focus on those three those six and if six is too much for you then just do three and just put in six seconds And I bet what you're going to see, my friends, is after several months, you're going to start seeing that either that goal has happened or you're very close to achieving that goal. Again, attitude is everything. The energy that you focus on is what is going to bring about the change. So we bring about what we focus about. So if we spent that time focusing about that, and if there's something in your life, ladies and gentlemen, maybe it's a finance issue or a relationship issue, don't dwell on it. Just be Be grateful you're alive. Be grateful you're able to talk to that person. Be grateful that maybe you have a chance to to work things out with them. Or just be grateful that maybe you learned that this isn't the right relationship. You can move on. So, again, from all of us at the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, I do want to wish you very happy, healthy, and safe holiday seasons. Remember to wear your mask. Practice social distancing ladies and gentlemen. uh, The Yale test is very good. They also have the nose test. I happen to be more biased to the saliva test. It tends to be more accurate, but get tested. Uh, And if you're around somebody that is positive, do yourself a favor and do everyone else a favor. Don't hide it. Share it with them. Let them know that you're around somebody that was positive. Even if you didn't test positive, let them know, let them get tested. You know, we all want to keep everybody safe. And just that one little thing could destroy a family. I know a story this past weekend of a brother that came down to see a mother that was 93 years old. And now the whole family is down. So we can avoid it, gentlemen. And listen, if you have an idea for a show, reach out to me, jmore.com, the reach out to us button. Or if you have a product that you would like me to open or unbox next year, uh, because this is the last show for the year, donate it to us. And, um, We'll give you our review on the product. Have yourself a very happy, healthy again and a wonderful holiday season. And we'll talk to you at the Marquee, which will be coming up on December 30.
2: Goodbye, everyone.
1: Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the J Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work. And sometimes, why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 88811. That's IT support to 88811, and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week, right here on the Jaymore Tech Talk Show. Remember JMOR.com.